Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafe on VSEN. The Sports Betting Network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside to the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for one Michael Lombardi. Lombardi is down on South Beach trying to figure out what's wrong with the Miami Heat. Oh, I was gonna say, we'll, yeah. we'll figure that one out later on in the show. But JVT filling in for us, our NBA senior NBA analyst, also the host of the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. Make sure you get that podcast wherever you get your podcast. We're going to have some fun over these next couple of hours. Make sure to tweet at the show, at VEASAN Live on Twitter, at me, JVT, is where you can find Jonathan Montobel, and then at Femi Abebefe is where you can find me. Coming up, we got three guests on the program. In 30 minutes, Von Dalzell of NBC Sports Edge, betting analyst, will talk all things NBA playing and also some plays with the game ones in these NBA playoffs. Then, a little bit later on, at 10 o'clock, 60 minutes from now, Vinny Maiulo, Hall of Fame odds maker over at the South Point Hotel and Casino, will discuss what's going on behind the window over at the South Point. And then Eric Froton, NBC Sports Edge draft analyst, will talk all things NFL draft with us coming up at 10.30 West Coast time. But JVT, big, big weekend in the NBA. Of course, the playoffs are getting right. underway, but we still have two play-in games to go with the do-or-die situations for the eight seed in both conferences. Kind of what are your early thoughts here? We'll start with Chicago and Miami after Miami – I think surprised a lot of people with how disappointing they played against Atlanta. And then Chicago, uh, with thanks to DeMar DeRozan's daughter and, and a couple of right. other performances, were able to get the win over Toronto. Yeah, and I would stress to anybody out there that I don't think you should be surprised by Miami's disappointing performance against Atlanta. Mm -hmm. This is the worst cover team in the NBA for a reason. The markets kind of had this overvalued sense of how good they are. Heat culture, one seed last year. Yeah. But things change, and this is not the same team. This is a very flawed team. And just look at the way they've started in terms of their starting rotations now. Now you've got a bunch of weak spots on this rotation defensively, and that's why since February 13th, I mean, this is the 21st best defense in the NBA. I think a lot of people would be surprised to hear that, but that's the case. And you saw that transpire against Atlanta in that play-in game that first time around. So, I, again, I'm sitting back, and I'm surprised that the market is here in, um, in on Miami once more. Again, 
this is the worst cover team. The market is yet to adjust on how bad this team really is. I don't think there's any real discernible difference between Miami and Chicago. And yet here we are. Market says that they're at home and it's five and a half points. So unless you're charging five and a half points for home court, I don't really understand that. So very much on the side of Chicago here. I'm going to wait to see if this gets to six and we'll bet Chicago. I also think, Femi, what's interesting. So we have this 208 and a half total now, right? Open 209. Mm-hmm. But again, going back to what I talked about with this Miami team, they are a much weaker defensive team because of the lineup changes that they have made. And we saw against Toronto with the Chicago game, right? Market dipped all the way down to 212 in that game. Well, that game ended up just going over the closing total. I get that this is a do or die, winner take all, whatever cliche you want to use, and that it takes on the shape of a game seven. And maybe a game seven is going to be a little bit more lower scoring, a little bit more half-court oriented, and you see the trend of these things going under. But I do think at some point we're reaching that 208 in an NBA basketball game in 2023 is a little low, even given the scenario and given the fact that one of these teams is rolling out a lineup that has clear defensive weaknesses. And the other side's got pretty two good individual ISO scorers that Mm -hmm. could take advantage of mismatches and DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine. So I don't know if you can tell where I'm leaning, uh, but uh, (laughs) underdog and over is what I'm thinking here for this game later tonight. Again, I want to sit back, see if I get six. But I do think that the Chicago Bulls are pretty live here. And you mentioned that you're kind of pushing back against the narrative about the Heat having this pedigree and the Heat culture and yep. stuff that everybody talks about and just the experience that they've had in these games. Eric Spolstra, one of the, probably the top five best coaches in the NBA there. There's really no home court advantage in Miami. At least there's not as much of a home court advantage just because late arriving crowd, it tends to be a little bit more relaxed early on, at least in games. And to your point, too, think about what they're actually going through over there. There's like a lot of flooding and there's a lot of like weather issues out there in Miami. You know, it's part of the reason. Right, exactly. And, you know, it's funny because I had a couple of people from Miami tweet at me because there was a conversation about like, uh, oh, you know, the Heat just don't play aesthetically appealing, appealing basketball. And my response was, yeah, and then it's in a building with no environment. And I didn't mean that night. I just meant overall, to your overall mm-hmm. point. Um, and then some people hit back with me. It was like, well, there's flooding. Nobody's there. And you saw it. Like, it was kind of an empty-ish arena for a play-in game, a very important one. You see footage of what's going on there. So who knows who's going to make it out to make it a little bit of a home court advantage as well. Now, in the one-off scenario, I do get a little bit worried fading a coach like Eric Spolstra yeah. and, and fading Jimmy Butler because the whole playoff Jimmy Butler kind of mantra that's been bandied about over the last handful of years here. And Butler was bad against the Hawks, I thought. Do you think that he's going to bounce back in this spot here? Like, if somebody wanted to play the Heat, would it more so be like, all right, maybe play on a Butler over points prop or something like that and 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 stay away from laying the five and a half? Because I find it hard to believe that we're going to get back-to-back bad games from Jimmy Butler in these kind of last game wasn't do or die but now we're in a game seven do or die situation to get into the playoffs yeah I mean obviously you always want to give credit to the guys that have performed very well in these big scenarios right Mm -hmm. so I wouldn't put it past Jimmy Butler for performing pretty well so to your point maybe hunting some props that are going to paint a picture of a successful night for Jimmy Butler however the one guy that is consistently kind of like failed to show up I would say in a lot of these games where was Bam Adebayo the other night? He was on, a, on a milk carton. He, right. He he has a little bit of a tendency to not really show up in some of these games. And to go into that game and to get destroyed on the glass the way that they were, to only put up 12 points on 5 of 12 shooting, you know, 9 and 4 in terms of rebounds and assists. But remember that play, and this was, I thought, it was a little microcosm of what Bam Adebayo's night was. When he went up for that dunk and Onyeko Kongu just swallowed him whole and did not allow him to get to the rim and didn't move in midair, it just kind of spoke to what's been going on with Adebayo. So is this matchup a little bit better? Is this a less physical front court that he should be able to have advantages against? Sure. But I think to your point, I think it's about everybody else. Like you can't get a 30-point game out of Kyle Lowry, right? 
who has not been performing and lose that game outright. And that's exactly what happened. And I'd also throw this at you, Femi. Patrick Beverly and Alex Caruso on the floor together. The Bulls have a 105.8 defensive rating. They outscore opponents by 8.8 points per 100 possessions. And their most used lineup with those two on the floor, a plus 13.7 net rating, only allowing 103.5 points per 100 possessions. They've been really good defensively with those two out there. And that's why I think Miami, because we talk about how much they've struggled um, defensively, right, because of this new lineup, Mm -hmm. their offense still hasn't been that elite. And I think they're up against it here a little bit today. Yeah, that defense led by playing Pat. Yep. Is what the streets play an MVP. <laughs> he is the play an MVP. So maybe he'll be standing on a scoreboard or scores table later on this evening. Uh, that game tipping off 4 o'clock West Coast time, 7 o'clock Eastern. Currently the Heat, 5.5 point favorites total, sitting at 209, the consensus numbers. In the Western Conference, the winner of Oklahoma City and Minnesota will take on the Denver Nuggets on Sunday. OKC, 5.5 point dogs in the Twin Cities. Total, 228.5. The status of Rudy Gobert, as of now, appears to be uncertain. Yeah, and it seems to be due to the back spasms that that he's been suffering from. For those yeah. who don't remember, part of the reason why I guess he lashed out at Kyle Anderson was he was being called a worse version of a pansy and uh, <laughs> being told to just go get a rebound or block a shot, and that's he didn't like that. And apparently, according to some of these quotes, the back spasms are still bothering him. This is from him the other day, quote, still pretty sore, still not moving like I would like to be able to, but small progress every day. So you would think he's going to fight through it and play, mm-hmm. uh, but if he doesn't, obviously that opens things up here for Minnesota just a tad. And here's the thing. So Minnesota, I think... We can agree. Better offensively, worse defensively without Rudy Gobert. Worse offensively, better defensively with Rudy Gobert. So it's just going to be pick your boys into what you want to do. And if Gobert plays, one of the things that the Thunder can do, Femi, or excuse me, the Thunder, the, um, yeah, the Thunder, Mm -hmm. um, they can get up and down the floor. They yep. can run. Like they're they're a they're not an overly efficient transition offense, but they are a high frequency transition offense. And if Rudy Gobert with his back spasms is going to be out there on the floor, you know what they're going to do? They're going to play five out, and they're going to force him to guard in space, just like the Clippers did to the Utah Jazz in that series when they eliminated them in embarrassing mm-hmm. fashion, and just like a lot of teams do to them when they play them. The Dallas Mavericks did it to them as well uh, when Rudy Gobert was on the team. So they're going to play five out, and then when they get rebounds, they're going to rip, and they're going to run, and they're going to run as fast as they can to get up the floor, and they might not be overly efficient, but it's going to force Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert to get up and down the floor in transition. When Rudy Gobert's out there in transition, they are a sub-50 percentile team in terms of transition defense. So I really think there are things that work well for this Oklahoma City Thunder team, and I think we got to kind of stop sleeping on how good they could be. Market moved against them against mm-hmm. New Orleans. They go in, of course, they win that game outright. They're a very well-coached team. Mark Dagnall's awesome. And they arguably have the best individual player in this matchup, but Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I don't even think it's an argument. I, mean, right? he's, I think he's, he's flat-out best player on the he's floor. He's so good. He's ridiculous. It, like that second half where yeah. he was, I think, did he have seven points in the first half the other night? Mm-hmm. And then the second half immediately, five points when he gets out on the floor, finishing through contact. The guy's great. And Anthony Edwards will probably take up the mantle of defending him, but you're not getting him out of the free throw line, man. It's great. And also Edwards, they were talking about it on the broadcast against the Lakers. He banged up his shoulder. Yeah, yeah, that kinetic on that, tape and on it. And then he had the tape on it, and then you could see that he was just not aggressive. He didn't want to drive to the hoop. Yep. He didn't want any sort of contact. It's been a couple of days to maybe rest and heal up a little bit, but you got to think that that might be bothering him going into this game to where if Edwards is compromised, uh, maybe the T-Wolves are in a tough spot here, but I, I kind of lean toward Oklahoma City. I think I can get there. I, I hear your case on Chicago, but I think I can get there more comfortably with the Thunder there just because I like yeah. the, the advantages that they have. And any time in a one-off, I'm always going to favor the team that has the best team, best player on the floor, and especially when I'm getting points. So. Yeah, oh, and we should like emphasize too, that front court of Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota – 
uh, and Rudy Gobert, if it's a half-court oriented game, they should yeah. come, like just destroy them on the glass. They'll eat them up. Get second chance <laughs> points, right? You, you should be able to work that. Um, but at the same time, if you're not and you're not able to grab some of those long rebounds and they're running and they're getting you up and down the floor, we've seen before guys get played off in certain matchups because they're just too big and too slow. And you could totally see that here. Like we said, the picture will be complete in the NBA playoffs coming up later on this evening. And then we will have the field of 16. And we'll be off and running starting tomorrow with the NBA playoffs. We're going to break down each series throughout this show. But in the pregame of the Heat and Bulls game, I just saw this on Twitter, the finalists for all the NBA awards yeah. will be announced. Just retweeted that, yep. Yeah, man, that's – that's. I, I'm, you're, you don't I'm think your boys to that. Are... I, I, I'm, I, I'm – I don't think my boy quickly is going to win six. Well, it's our boy too because I've got thirty-five to one, so I'm in with you. I got to say, so I've got a preseason forty-five to one ticket on Evan Mobley to win Defensive Player of the Year. He might be live. Like I right, like I, I thought it was dead. Didn't really care for it, and all of a sudden, like in these last few weeks, you're just seeing all these analysts just be like, "Oh no, I think Evan Mobley." I'm like, "All right," and that tracker that you know that you sent out to me that it, we I think we retweeted, I retweeted it too. Like he's got like he's only like two points behind Jaron Jackson Jr. right now. Yeah, let's go. It, it, it's ridiculous. Like I, I'm on JJJ. We'll see what happens. But uh, for for sixth man, I think I'm, I think I'm heading toward a disappointment. With yeah. Emmanuel quickly. I thought he was going to get there, but apparently everybody hates the fact that he started 20 plus games. Whatever. We'll talk some NFL on the other side. We're just getting warmed up. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VSIN.com picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event, and date, and more. Check the top VEASAN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI and see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. VEASAN Pro Picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now for only $9.99 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. 
Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebfe alongside Jonathan Von Tobel, our NBA senior analyst, also host of the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. Uh, make sure to get that wherever you get your podcast. I said that twice now, so uh, we've got nice. a couple, couple of bumps there for you for the, for the pod. But uh, make sure to check that out because it's what better time than to listen to that with me. We're rushing playoffs. home after this to record a new episode, so make sure you check it out. Boom. That'll be in your feed later this afternoon. That's right. Awesome. Uh, also, Von Dalzell of NBC Sports Edge, their betting analyst over there, who will check in with us in 15 minutes. Von's got some plays in tonight's NBA games and also the games this weekend. But, JVT, let's talk a little NFL here because yesterday, and I think it's the first I've seen of it, uh, a free agent signing two weeks before the draft getting a press conference. But, hey, Dude. it's Odell Beckham Jr., so you got to roll out the red carpet. I buddy. don't get it. <laughs> right? Like, it's like, – I, I think Odell is a good player, and I thought he was good with the Rams uh, prior to the torn ACL oh, Super Bowl. He, that's going to be one of the – not a beat, but, like, one of the things that – what could have been. I had a Super Bowl MVP ticket on Odell Beckham uh, Jr. Same boat. They, they, that game plan was him. They were same going boat. to – they were going to feed everything to him. He was, was awesome. He was great. I agree with you. Absolutely great. There was so much attention paid to Cooper yep. Cup. I was just like, here we go. Yep. And then – I think I was crying alongside Odell when he blew out his knee, unfortunately, there in the Super Bowl. But he, we haven't seen him since that Super Bowl game against the Cincinnati Bengals, which feels like five years ago. Now he signs with the Baltimore Ravens, and people have kind of made the connection of Odell Beckham Jr. being friends with Lamar Jackson. Now, Lamar Jackson, of course, on the non-exclusive tag for the Baltimore Ravens, still has not signed that tender, has requested the trade a month ago. So things are a little bit contentious with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. So a lot of people made the assumption, and I'm one of those people as well, saying that Baltimore, maybe they, in, in a way to appease Lamar, brought in his buddy Odell while also having some issues in their receiver room as well. So it's kind yep. of a, a two-for-off situation here. But uh, uh, it, here's what Odell Beckham Jr. had to say at the press conference yesterday about if he was guaranteed that Lamar would be playing for the Ravens come this upcoming season. Before you signed, you didn't get any assurances from Lamar that uh, you guys would be playing together this year? I uh, didn't get any assurances for anything. You know, life's uncertain. Um, I think that... You know, the, we don't we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, the next day. Uh, you know, we only know what's happened in the past. So to me, it just was excited about the possibility of that. You know, my thoughts would be that he would be here. I know that you know these two want him to be here, um, and you know, at the end of the day, that's that's going to be up to them. How about that? Life is uncertain. It's like Kyle Shanahan before the draft two years ago said that w w I can't guarantee that we'll all be alive in a right. couple of days. So, I mean, it's a true statement, but like, it is a true statement. we don't need to get that deep about it. Just like, <laughs> did he tell you he was going to play or not? <laughs> but it's, I, I wonder if the Ravens can smooth things over with Lamar, given this signing with Odell Beckham Jr. Like Odell, if he's a solid to good player, helps their passing game and probably helps Lamar Jackson. But it feels like, I don't know if the bridges have been burned, but man, Lamar and the Ravens doesn't, doesn't look like anyone's budging. At least so far. No, and that's why I like so Femi, mean, I keep going back to and I don't know if you and Michael have been able to discuss this on the podcast, but like I keep just going back to after the draft, I think you'll start to see some of this stuff really pick up, right? Because mm -hmm. my theory has always been, and I think we even talked about this on one of the weekend shows. If you're a team that is interested in Lamar Jackson, let's just roll with again like Indianapolis, because that was the team that was thrown about for a while now, right? Yep. Why would you want to send over, or at least, one, negotiate for Baltimore, and then two, if you do indeed get him, because Baltimore doesn't want to match, why would you want to send over the fourth overall pick and the next year's first-round pick, right? When, in reality, I want to spend my fourth pick on what I want, mm -hmm. and then we'll try to negotiate with Lamar, because then I'll give you two first-round picks the following two years, because guess what? Theoretically, we'll be better. 
So I don't mind shipping off a pick, you know, 20s and on as opposed to the fours. So that's why I think these teams like Indianapolis, I mean, you and I both agree. I, I don't know why Atlanta is not interested. Maybe Atlanta with the top 10 pick as well just wants to spend that pick on themselves and then move on to negotiations. But I feel like that's when you'll start to see this thing pick up. I don't know. I wouldn't. I don't think any bridge is necessarily burned in the NFL, but I, I would say that they, you'll probably start to see this thing pick up a little bit more by the time we get post-draft. If the Ravens don't work things out with Lamar Jackson, let's say it's Tyler Huntley, or or maybe they get a rookie quarterback Super Bowl. or something like that. Right? There, there, were, there, there were many people who for some reason were arguing that Tyler Huntley was a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson last oh, year, and I was amazed. Who were, there were, these are real people? Oh, somebody, I can't remember who. Somebody said it, like, to my face with a straight face. I think it was actually on this network. I can't remember who it was. Right. Well, we're not going to call names I, I out. But... Well, luckily, I can't remember. I would because yeah. I'm not that person. <laughs> I would totally make fun of you, but I just cannot remember who it was. Yeah, that's uh, that's a fallacy. <laughs> I, it's, I mean, just come on. Like, I, I think it was we, one of those where I was like, stop. Like, I'm not going to listen to it. Like, I'm not going to even, I'm not even going to entertain the thought process. We've forgotten how good Lamar Jackson actually is. We're talking about it on the GM Shuffle podcast a couple episodes ago, and I was telling Lombardi, I was like, "Hey, Lamar is forty-five and sixteen, and we both agree that Lamar's a terrific player." But people, it almost they just gloss over that record. As a quarterback, your job is to win football games. Forty-five and sixteen—that's winning at like a Tom Brady clip. Mm -hmm. You know, like what more do you want? Now I get that he's had the injury concerns the last couple of seasons, hasn't been able to finish the last couple of seasons. But prior to that, he was able to stay healthy. He had an NBC MVP season, and then followed that up with a season where he led the team to an eleven and four record in fifteen games that he started. I, I, I just maybe there's something I'm missing. Now, obviously, it's a lot of bit about the money and the guaranteed contract and all that stuff, but if Lamar is at least willing to budge a little bit on that guaranteed contract, hard to imagine that they can't work something out because he is he is that good. And why start over the process of finding a franchise quarterback when you already have one? Yep, no, absolutely. <laughs> That's why I think ultimately, I think there's a pretty good shot that still gets worked out at some point. And like we said, the, the Ravens have in their back pocket the ability to match whatever. So post-draft, if teams are going to go out there and negotiate and get that done, I'm sure Baltimore will immediately go... All right, there you go. We'll match. Just come back, and everything will be done. Would you place a futures bet on the Ravens now, like a speculative future bet, thinking that, hey, sure. the more and more this drags out, the better the chance he actually returns to Baltimore? And, and even at the very least, maybe like an AFC North division ticket or something, right? Yeah. Because maybe they're maybe they're not going to be good enough to win a Super Bowl, but if Lamar Jackson returns, that team is good enough to win that division. Oh, Absolutely. 100%. Because right now I'm seeing at BetMGM they're plus 350. Well, Lamar Jackson, that, yeah. Yeah, that, if yeah. Lamar Jackson's there, they're close to co-favorites, mm -hmm. if not a co-favorite. I mean, the, the, the rating on Cincinnati is probably as high as it's ever been, so they're probably the second choice, but they're not going to be that far behind. Nope, no. That would probably need to be in like the plus 180-ish range or yeah. something like that. So plus 350 is sitting out there with the expectation that Lamar's not going to be the Ravens quarterback, but maybe they can mend those fences there. Uh, also staying in the DMV, how about this? Happy day for the Washington Commander fans. They've yeah. been waiting for this day for a long time, reports saying that Daniel Snyder and 76ers and New Jersey Devils owner Josh Harris have reached an agreement on a sale to Harris's ownership group for just over $6 billion. Now, we talked a lot about Lamar Jackson and this Ravens team, and I think the angle that interests me with this is that these new owners like to make big splashes. What do you think about maybe the commanders going after a Lamar Jackson if they say, all right, let's put in a poison pill, let's guarantee everything, and let's see if the Ravens would match that? Because as a new ownership group, what better uh, way to kind of re-energize the fan base than bring it in an MVP quarterback? Let's, uh, let's go back to my neck of the woods. When the Phoenix Suns were purchased, mm -hmm. their new owner apparently had one edict. He told his front office, go get Kevin Durant. He said he didn't care, he said, just go get Kevin Durant. 
And what happened? They went and got Kevin Durant. They're the Western Conference favorites. So to your point, ownership does have an impact. Yep. And ownership could go in there and go, I don't care. Uh, we're going to rechange everything here. We're going to shave the energy. We're going to shift everything. I want something to build around to get people excited. What better way to do that to pair with, what, an above average defense at the very best? Give me Lamar Jackson. Let's go get him. And I, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a bad point at all. We've seen owners do it all the time. And I don't think that commander seems very far off. Oh, it's, uh, Lamar raises the floor so uh-huh. far, right, so much for any team. Like to your point, they're not far off already as it is. And right now they're ten to one to win the NFC yeah. East at BetMGM, which to me seems a little bit crazy. I, I, like the Giants are five to one, but the Commanders are ten to one. I think that should be a little bit closer together. There, the Giants. I get that they made the playoffs a year ago. Brian Dable is an awesome coach here, but. Let's also remember the Giants were also fortunate in some of those games to make the playoffs, and the Commanders probably should have beaten them twice, to be quite honest, if you go back and look at both of those games there. <laughs> as long as I don't have to watch people do mental gymnastics to tell me why Taylor Heineke is actually good, as, I mean. opposed, <laughs> as opposed to watching him throw dropped interceptions all the time and just be like, he's that, a winner. That dude, Bush light. that dude was living right <laughs> last right. year. He was living right. I swear, I was like, I, I don't know if he got grease on the ball or what's no, going on. <laughs> There was one, I think you even tweeted, was it the Sunday night game for the Giants? The Giants yeah. Like he threw just a dead interception and just hit the guy in the chest and dropped. You're like, man, how it's the, uh, I always go back to it. It's the Breaking Bad meme, right? You can't keep getting away <laughs> with this. Just, it's ridiculous. He'd fumble the football and bounce right back to yep. him. He'd throw the ball to the defender. The defender says, you know what? No, thank you. <laughs> I'll, I'll get you on the next one. Right. Uh, but it was ridiculous, Heineke. I mean, I don't, if, if he ever plays for the Falcons, I'm, I'm afraid that we're going to get all that regression going the other way, and then he's just going to be a turnover machine because he plays like a turnover machine. The other team just doesn't catch him. So good good for Taylor Heineke, although he'll be backing up Desmond Ritter this year as of right now for the Atlanta Falcons. On the other side, Von Dalzell, betting analyst over at NBC Sports Edge, talking a little NBA play-in picks and also picks for this weekend in Game 1 in the NBA playoffs. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? Well, the betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way. VEASAN is here to make sure and make you a smarter better year-round. So check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. He's Jonathan Von Tobel. I'm Femi Abebefe. We're hanging out here on a Friday morning on the eve of the NBA playoffs and before the uh, NBA play-in finalizes later on this evening. And to help us break down both of those games, we bring in Von Dalzell, NBC Sports Edge betting analyst to talk all things association. Von, hope all is well. We appreciate you joining us this morning. Let's get into tonight's game between the Chicago Bulls and the Miami Heat. Right now, I'm seeing the latest lines. The Heat, five-and-a-half-point favorites. Total is at 209. What do you like in this uh, play-in game tonight that will decide who gets the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference? Yeah, well, I came on here uh, when the Bulls were playing the Raptors live, and uh, I was on the Bulls, and I wasn't feeling very confident at the time. The Raptors looked like they were running away from that, but that is Bulls basketball at its finest. They could be down by 20. They can still win by 10 or 20 points, uh, but they didn't shoot the three very well, and I'm a little nervous here in this spot against Miami because – Miami is a team that can get hot from three. They haven't been lately, but uh, the Miami defense did hold Atlanta to 24% from three, but they're out-rebounded 63 to 39 
outscoring the paint 64 to 49. That's how Chicago plays basketball. So I'm going to run it back, gentlemen. I'm going to take the Bulls here, plus the five and a half. We're going to sprinkle the money line. They're going to sneak into the playoffs and then get swept by the Bucks, just like we like it. Uh, but the last point I'll make is the Miami beat writers made a good case for maybe Miami might not have all the motivation to win this game. If Miami wins this game, they're going to have the 20th draft pick at best case scenario. If they lose this game, they're number 14 in the lottery. All right, so you know management is kind of thinking this season's a little lost. Uh, they might not want to win this game outright where the players might want to. So uh, just another case for the Bulls is also to keep this one close. Yeah, and the Heat might just stink, right? Like that's the other part about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. That too. <laughs> as uh, being the worst ATS team in the league, and yet the market really loves them. All right, let's go to the other play real quick. Oklahoma City on the road against Minnesota. We're starting to see a couple of sixes flash up on the screen. Total 228.5. Do you have anything here? Yeah, well, I hate the Thunder. I hate betting on this team in general. <laughs> They have got me all year in weird spots, and they got me this past week, or this couple of days ago as well. I think the best bet in this game is Carl Anthony Towns over 23.5 points, or if you like his rebounds, I wouldn't talk you off that either. But you saw how Jonas Valanciunas was punishing the Thunder, this undersized Thunder team. Uh, it really made the difference when he wasn't as healthy there in that fourth quarter after tweaking his ankle. Kind of saw the Thunder pull away and get a lot of rebounds too. So I think Cat could have a big game here. But this Thunder team, we all counted them out. I mean, they had a 0.1% chance to make the playoffs. And here they are, one game away, playing a Timberwolves team who may not have some of their best players in this lineup as well. So if you're making me pick a team here, I would take the Thunder plus 5.5 on the flyer. I'm not going to put my actual money on them, unlike the Bulls. I did put my money on the Bulls. But I would like a Car Anthony Towns prop here over picking a side. We're speaking with Von Dalzell, betting analyst over at NBC Sports Edge. Von, let's get to tomorrow night's game. I can't wait to see the atmosphere. Light the beam. It's been all the story over the last uh, oh, couple yeah. of months in the NBA. The Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors game one. Right now in the betting market, I'm seeing a pick em and the total at 238.5. How do you plan to attack this game? Yeah, I think this game from the get-go is going to be super exciting, fast-paced, a lot of offense. And I think... Sacramento waiting all this time to make the playoffs. I mean, since, what, 2005, 2006. Uh, they're going to be sold out, obviously. It's going to be packed and insane in there. So I'm actually targeting the first quarter rather than playing the full game here. I'm going to take the Kings. I got them plus half a point, so it would be a money line. Particularly if they tie, I'd get my money still. I would win that bet. But you look at both these teams. They come out quickly in the first quarter. They both score about 30 points per game, which is top five in the NBA. Uh, you look at the Warriors, so they got all this experience, but we're not talking about Mike Brown enough, the, king, the coach of the Kings, and being a part of that Warriors dynasty. So he could throw off a little wrenches there. But with Andrew Wiggins coming back now, there could be a rust factor with him, but there's also the factor of all these different lineups that they've been playing with, and now you throw Wiggins back into it and you're switching other lineups for game one of a postseason series on the road where you're 11-30. and 30. So I'm going to play the Kings first quarter, hope they get out to a nice lead. And I'll go from there with my live betting. But I do like the Kings in this series for some lunch money. All right, let's talk about uh, a team that is near and dear to my heart. The Los Angeles Clippers grew up as a uh, Clippers fan, so I will take out my earpiece as you Sorry. analyze uh, what you're <laughs> going to play here in this series. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know any Clippers fans, so you're, you're the first one. So congratulations for that. Uh, but I'm an East Coast Pennsylvania guy. Uh, for this series, you know, I've got a lot of harsh – criticism from some of my co-workers for saying Suns in four. Uh, and I get it. All right. The Clippers still have Kawhi. They still got some X factors, Powell, uh, man on the bench. But to be honest with you guys, I think the Clippers 
are probably going to mail it in. They might sneak out one game here, but if you're giving me five and a half to one odds on the Suns to win in four, I'm going to take that because obviously they're undefeated with Kevin Durant, 6-2 and two ATS, 8-0 no on the money line. But I just look at this team. They're way too dynamic. I mean, the starting five alone is going to give so many teams issues. But I don't think seven and a half, eight points in game ones for a lot of these teams is warranted. I'd be leaning the dogs in a lot of these game ones, especially when you're talking seven, eight points like the Clippers are getting. Uh, but overall in this series, I think the Suns win it in four or five games. So uh, I certainly put my money there. I think a lot of people are expecting a quick series between the Hawks and the Celtics. Game one tomorrow afternoon okay. in Boston. Celtics nine-point favorites, total 231 here. Um, how do you plan to bet this game? So I actually like the Hawks here, plus the nine. I might get to the window with it. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you guys this. Last year, the Bulls were a great case of this. The Bulls lost every single meeting in the regular season against the Bucks. Game one, they go in and cover as an underdog in Milwaukee. And that can happen here with Atlanta. Atlanta lost every single game this season against the Celtics, all three. Um, and there were really a lot of mismatches, different guys being in and out the lineups for them. But I think the Hawks going to have a lot of motivation coming here to keep this game close right away, try and steal one. Uh, because, you know, if you lose two to Boston, you're probably going to be out in four or five games here. So I like Atlanta plus the nine, but what I did put my money on is the first quarter over 58 and a half and the first half over 117 and a half. I think this is going to be a high flying game out the gate. You look at both teams, uh, they, all they do is play offense, but what they combined for was 48, 60 and 75 first quarter points this year and 115, 125, 132 first half points this year. So they've flown over this total twice already. And I don't see a case for that, that not happening here. So, I'll take the first quarter, first half over, and I lean the Hawks plus nine. I'll probably get to the window with it if it gets to 10. Yeah, and to Vaughn's point, too, the three games that they played with each other, Vaughn, one was when Quinn Snyder wasn't there, one was when Quinn was there, and the other was the Celtics didn't play anybody because they had everything locked up. So a lot of noise in all three of those results. All right, let's go to Los Angeles, the other team, and the Memphis Grizzlies. What are you thinking here? Because I I think it is a disservice to say for a lot of people, oh, people are picking the Lakers because it's the Lakers. I think there's some real matchups that work for the Lakers' favor here. What do you think? Yeah, they do have some. I mean, without Steven Adams for the Grizzlies, that's going to be a little problem here down low in some situations because Anthony Davis has looked really good. And there's a couple of plays for the Lakers in the last game. Obviously, LeBron trusting in Dennis Schroeder to hit a three. Uh, Anthony Davis grabbing that weird high lob from LeBron and then bumping Kate, uh, Cat out the way, scoring on him. You know, I look at the Lakers. There's so much potential for this team, but I've liked the Grizzlies all season long. I know they've had a lot of things going on. Uh, with John Moran, the club, and a couple other things I don't have to talk about. But <laughs> I think that, you know, those those things taken away from what the Grizzlies have done anyways as a team to still earn the seed, I think they've been incredible all year long. And I'd like the Lakers, but I don't trust them with my money. I haven't trusted them the first month of the season, second month of the season. I'm definitely not trusting them here in April and May. Uh, so the pricing isn't very good for the Grizzlies outright in this series, but I do think this could be a six- or seven-game series here with the Grizzlies prevailing. So you see the 6-1 to one odds on the screen there for a 4-2 Grizzlies series. I think that's probably my best bet there uh, for this one. Vaughn, we got about a minute left. Do you see a, a longer series as well for Knicks and Cavs? <laughs> I, I think so. Uh, you know, we, we talked about this earlier in the year, and we joked a lot about the Knicks. Uh, can't wait to see them lose their first-round series, and they get a pretty <laughs> tough draw, uh, not to be honest with you, with Cleveland. But the one thing the Knicks have going for them, like I just said about the Lakers, they got the size advantage. Uh, with the second unit, they have a huge size advantage over Cleveland's Lamar Stevens, uh, a couple other guys that are, you know, 6'5", 6'6", C.D. Osman and company. So the Knicks could win this series. I think it's a seven-game series either way. So mm-hmm. 
that's the way I would be approaching it, taking either team to win in seven here for plus 350 or plus 650. There you go. You can get two to one for the correct number of games over at BetMGM on this series to go seven games. How about that? That'd make for a hell of a series. He is Von Dalzell, betting analyst over at NBC Sports Edge. Von, best of luck with all the bets this NBA playoff season. We'll talk soon, man. Appreciate you. Talk soon. Have a great Friday. See you, man. Good stuff there from Von. Uh, oh, by the way, Von also had, because he hinted at it when he was talking about the Kings plus a half in the first quarter. He's going with the Kings to win the series, not just to win the series. Oh, uh, yeah, it's He's laying the game and a half at plus 510. He likes Sacramento to clean up the defending champs. Look, it's it's an interesting series, and I cannot wait to watch it. I, I do believe, ultimately, the Warriors will move on. I just I think the probability of them moving on is much lower than the market would tell you it is right now. Well, we'll break down the Western Conference series in the next hour, but in the next segment, we're going out east. Eastern Conference playoff series breakdown here on the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. The first inning is unpredictable, but you can place a no-run first inning wager with confidence at BetMGM. Make a no-run first inning prop bet on any Friday MLB game, and if only one run is scored in the first, you'll get your stake back in bonus bets up to $20. Take big swings all season long with BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Log into your account or sign up with BetMGM today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. Opt-in required. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER offer not available in Mississippi Nevada and New York
Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Jonathan Von Tobel sitting in for Michael Lombardi. Once again, Lombardi down on South Beach figuring out what's going down with the Miami Heat. Did you just see this uh, push from all the NBA insiders? Just came out seconds ago. Uh, hmm. Both Chris Haynes and Sham Sharania reporting that the NBA has fined the Dallas Mavericks $75,000 for conduct detrimental to the league. I haven't talked to you about this whole Mavs tank situation. Uh, quick thoughts on that before we get into the Eastern Conference Series price. I'm assuming that they're going to start handing out $750,000 fines to the Portland Trailblazers, San Antonio Spurs, Utah Jazz, Detroit Pistons. No, that's not coming down. Like, <laughs> look, they clearly just... I shouldn't say they don't like Cuban because I'm not going to make the Mavericks into victims. The difference here is that the Mavericks were loud about what they were doing and yep. the Utah Jazz, the San Antonio Spurs, and the others were quiet <laughs> about what they were doing. I also think it makes the NBA look dumb to find the Mavericks for what they did when they have a rampant, you know, I wouldn't say rampant, it's not, that's strong. But Utah was in contention for the last play-in, and then all of a sudden, Larry Markkinen's hand was just hurting mm -hmm. way too much, and Colin Sexton just couldn't make it back. Like there's Jordan Clarkson never made it back. Like, I mean, they even they, sat Taylor Horton Tucker. They got that cor scared. Correct. So like it's, <laughs> I think it looks really dumb on its surface to find Dallas when there were other teams doing exactly this, and I also think it's very dumb when the rampant issue that you do have is how teams have been playing all throughout the season with these injury reports and injury report designations. Mm. If you actually care about the product of your or the quality of your product, you should be worried about how these players have been in and out of lineups, how players like we talked about Shea Gilders Alexander, how Shea Gilders Alexander can be listed as out up until six hours before a game, be upgraded to doubtful, upgraded to questionable, and then play. Those are things that you can't do. Can you imagine an NFL player being listed as out on a game day? I would riot. Right? And then all of a sudden, <laughs> and then, like, let's say it's a quarterback, too. Let's say Justin Herbert, oh, he's out this morning. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, wait, no, 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 he's actually upgraded to doubtful. Oh, he's upgraded. Like, it's it, you can't be doing those things. So I say, because I was I was looking at that right when you uh, right when you brought that up, I just think it looks really dumb on the surface. I, I really do. If you're going to do this, you got to go after everybody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and by, that's seven hundred fifty thousand. I think I misspoke because I believe Chris Haynes might have put seventy five thousand. Not to throw him yeah. under the bus, but I'm going to blame it on Chris Haynes. There, that was the first tweet that I read. But seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars is the fine that the NBA has levied on the Dallas Mavericks. And to your point, uh, I think this is just reaction to social media because it was so. The Mavericks have been such a story since trading for Kyrie Irving, and of course having yep. Luka Doncic, who is one of the best players in the league. It was just such a story that was under the microscope and everybody watching and waiting to see what Dallas was going to do in that game. And then when you pull Luka after 13 minutes and all that stuff, and then Cuban kind of has this smirk on his face after they missed the – which I thought was like, this is just going full rogue after they missed the three-pointer to try to tie the game. I think it was Chicago or whatever they were playing, but yeah, it was – And here's the thing, Femi. If you really wanted to punish them, you know what you do? You tell them, okay, well, if you get that top 10 pick, we're taking it. Yep. You don't get to have it. Like, that is something that is really going to be a punishment that is going to, you know, I have a kid, right? You know, I'm not going to tell him, like, don't do that and then not punish him at all. You're going to take something away. You're going to show him that there's a legitimate punishment here. Like, not just send him away for five minutes or whatever it is. Like, this is the same thing. Like, $750,000, like, it's a drop of the bucket. Yeah. Like, let's, if you want to find them or make this somewhat serious, rescind a first-round pick and say, you don't get it if it lands in the top ten. Yeah. And it's, I mean, that's like what the NFL did with the Miami Dolphins. They said, yep. all right, you guys were tampering with Sean Payton and Tom Brady. Guess what? No first-round pick. Yep. Like, that's how you can stop and, that. And the wording, because I know this, but this is the last thing on it. Like, the wording. This is because Shams just tweeted this out from their uh, statement. Quote, the Mavericks demonstrated through actions and public statements the organization's desire to lose the game in order to improve the chances of keeping its first-round pick at the 2023 NBA draft. That is what six that other teams did. 
Like, like have, have they heard the, of the tank for, for whoever? The but, Portland you know. Trailblazers were signing fringe bench G League players to play on their team. <laughs> and that you're finding the Mavericks. I just think it looks really, really silly. With, with the Trailblazers' final roster from the final day of the regular season, would they get to the final four in the March Madness? I'm just kidding. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> I right. asked that question, but it was it would mean it was it was almost like, hey, what, what are we doing? Are these even pros? Uh, but yeah, no, I think it's all ridiculous and just for show. But you know, that's how kind of things are. Let's talk about something that's actually real. The NBA playoffs are coming up here. We have two Eastern Conference series, uh, three, I'm sorry, that we'll be breaking down here. And I want to start with the Knicks and the Cavs. That's the one that appears to be the most competitive. Cleveland minus 200. The Knicks plus 165. Do you have a play in this series? And, and if you don't, what way would you kind of look to play this series uh, from a more plus money price if you like the Cleveland side? It, it, just, it, it just sounds like, look, everything is relying on Julius Randle, and he still hasn't been cleared for contact yet in terms of practice. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I went into the series for me thinking, if everything was equal, Julius Randle's available, that the Knicks have a much more competitive chance in this series than the market is giving them credit for. However, with the status of Randle not potentially being available, well, that does change things, right? Because one of the advantages the Knicks had was the depth of scoring and a little bit of size. Uh, Julius Randle along the wing, you didn't really have many options. I shouldn't say many because Evan Mobley's a defensive player of the year candidate. But in one of their games in New York, he really bothered Mobley, got him a little bit in terms of foul trouble. They had to put Jared Allen on him at one point. So, like, there's some matchups that really forced the Cavs to ask some questions about what they want to do defensively if Randle's out there. So if he's not going to be available, you get a little bit smaller. There's not a lot of guys who can create in isolation. This is also a very ISO-heavy team. They're dead last in assist rate for a reason in the NBA regular season. It's kind of a little bit more your turn, my turn when it comes to their guys who can score. And if you're just going to do that, but now you take away one of the top scorers, your leading scorer, well, now all of a sudden the team with a bunch of individual on-ball defenders who can do pretty well, it just makes your jobs a lot harder. So I think like if you're looking at this now, you can go in, you can you know you can bet uh, Cavaliers either the spread in terms of minus one and a half. If you think it's actually going to be that bad, two and a half, I would suggest that. Uh, Cavs to win out here. We don't have that many options. So if you're out here in Nevada, uh, you can bet Cavs in six, Cavs in seven, to two plus prices that equates to about laying one and a half games uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think those are the ways that you might attack this. But as somebody who thought the Knicks were going to be more competitive, I won't be betting this series only because if Randall was going to be there, I wanted to, but it just throws a wrench in the plans and sit back and watch. It should be still very competitive because don't get this twisted either. Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell just met in the postseason. And Jalen Brunson completely outplayed Donovan Mitchell in that series. And he went at him a lot. And that's still going to be a mismatch for Cleveland to take advantage or to to handle, I should say. Maybe I'm a little crazy, and I probably am, but I honestly think that without Randall, it opens things up for this Knicks offense. I think I mean I just because sometimes Randall gets in his own way and will just take like he'll go through a stretch where he just starts taking bad shots. Yep. They get pretty they get and bricky. Yeah. yeah, and he gets bricky. And I'm like, without him, sometimes they can play more through Brunson, who I think is a much better decision maker than, than Julius Randall is. Because Randall, while being a more talented player, can sometimes, you know, turn the ball over, get a little loosey goosey with it. I think in a half court setup, maybe Brunson gets them into more right stuff. Now they won't have the ceiling that they would have yeah. with Julius Randall, but I mean, they still have quickly. Hart's been coming along. I mean, Grimes has been really good down the stretch. Now I get it. They've been playing a weaker schedule down the stretch. But if he starts to find his shot, maybe they can actually give a, uh, the Cavs a competitive series. Here. And also don't forget, you know, Isaac Okoro was cleared for contact, and it looks like maybe he's going to play. Uh, J.B. Bickerstaff said, quote, we'll see about Okoro's status. Okoro is their top-tier, like, perimeter guard defender. Because Donovan Mitchell's not taking on Jalen Brunson. No. That's going to fall on Okoro. And if Okoro's not going to play, it's going to fall on, fall on Lamar Stevens. And if Lamar Stevens is out there, Lamar Stevens is not a good shooter. He is about a 26% corner three-point shooter this year. And why that matters? 
Because if you're defending Cleveland now all of a sudden and you have a guy out there that can't shoot, well, that side of the four gets lopsided. Now we can just help off Stevens whenever we want. And that's the other part. This bench, the bench battle, the Knicks bench outscored the Cavaliers bench in every single game that they played this year by an average of nearly 10 points per game. Like, that's a really big advantage that the Knicks have. Now, that gets cut into because Julius Randle might not be available, but still, it's an advantage that they, I think they really have. So, again, I think the Knicks are going to be pretty competitive. Randle throws this out for me, but I wouldn't be surprised still if Randle's not available for game one, if he comes back in game two, that this becomes a more competitive series. I wonder why the Knicks bench was really good. I wonder. Uh, <laughs> Josh Hart. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Uh, the Nets, Sixers, Hawks, Celtics, both of their series we were expecting to be kind of quick jobs here unless you have another opinion. I, I think we'll have more. Maybe I, I, I'll just say this. I am. I have always been intrigued by what the Atlanta Hawks could be. Mm-hmm. And we're starting to see Quinn Snyder's fingerprints a little bit more on this team. And we saw what Atlanta finally, remember, they had played 13 games with Miami from the start of last year's regular season up until that play-in game. And they had lost eight of those games. However, there should be 10 of those games. They, they failed to cover eight of them. But when you're looking at this, we can have more of it in the second hour. I know we're up against it. If they're actually hitting on all their potential, Femi, I just think they're going to be a lot more annoying, we'll say, for the Boston Celtics than maybe the market thinks. Maybe we bet them game to game instead of yeah. taking a serious price or anything like that. But the serious price is pretty massive. Plus 650, yep. the Hawks, to go ahead and beat Boston Celtics. I don't think anybody is expecting that. On the other side, we begin hour number two with our guy Vinny Maiulo, Hall of Fame odds maker, over at the South Point Hotel and Casino. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 